Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench, everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Yes, exactly. you don't have to be correct. You don't have to be correct. Yes. Uh, no, this is, you know what? I, I think this is 10. No, it's more than 10. No, it is more Why than 10. Why did I even ask you? Yeah, it's probably like 15. Yeah. I mean, think about it. We've played 11, fo- 12 football games, so how could it be 10? Yeah. All right. So, I, I don't know. Maybe it's 10. Maybe we didn't start when the season began. Whatever it is, it's been a four-game losing streak. I know that. So, every week we think maybe next week we'll have something positive to reflect upon. <laughs> But we don't. We have Greg Olson injuring his foot for a third time. We've yeah. got a four-game losing streak. We lose to the Buccaneers. How did that happen? Uh, and uh, we've had uh, coaches get fired and uh, coaching changes happen. So other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the plays? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's where we yeah, are right no, now. Well, and, you know, and the frustrating thing, uh, and I don't think I need to remind you about this uh, and our, everybody listening, what's frustrating is – Everybody, I think, feels that this team is much better than what the record shows, right? And the last three games are all within a touchdown or less. And I think that's what is um, kind of bringing the mood down. But, you know, and that's fine. But it's like Detroit, Tampa Bay. It's like, come on. It's not like we're talking about we've played New Orleans or, you know, the Rams or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. This is yeah. You know, if you're a playoff team, you can't be losing to these kind of teams. I know it's always tough on the road, and every game's difficult. This will be another tough one. Honestly, going up to Cleveland, they're they're fighting yeah. this year. So um, they sure are. They're scrappy. Uh, but uh, this uh, this Panthers team. Hopefully, the changes. It sounds like uh, just from the input coaches had, like in the second half of the game when Coach Ron started taking over mm-hmm. the play calling as the game wore on. Uh, the players even said like there was a play that was called that they hadn't even practiced or whatever, and it worked. Eric Reed had a guy for yeah. a loss. Eric Reed said that, yeah. So it just shows you, I mean, the great strength that Coach Rivera brings from being a defensive coordinator late in this, uh, twice as late, I should say, and then of late uh, he's been having input, but now he'll full, he'll full input into the actual play calling part of it. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what that's going to look like, how he'll dial things up and, and at the same time be a head coach that manages challenges and uh, timeouts end of game clocks all that kind of stuff well in the, the in the great advantage to that all is of course you know you know ron that's where he kind of um really made his hay was was being a defensive coordinator yeah you throw in the the uh the coaching stuff but, you know at this point not to say that it runs itself but you know it, at this point in the tenure i don't think it's as disturbing to me that he's doing both i mean i think if it's your first year guy or a second year guy you're like man you're still kind of cutting your teeth you're learning things you know um, you know, he's, he's got this down pretty much. I mean, at least the basics. And so I don't think that's going to be as big a deal. I'm, I'm excited like you, Jim. I think it's going to be good to see, um, you know, how he's going to be dialing up some of his blitzes. They need to get more, obviously they need to get more production out of the, the four man front, um, and, and not worry about the, 
uh, having to bring pressure, but you know, big pressure when it when it's warranted. Because um, I think the whole thing that's been frustrating uh, is the third down defense on this team. You know, because a lot of times uh, they'll play great on the first and second down, and then as we saw against Tampa Bay, um, I mean, Jameis Winston up until fourth quarter, uh, I mean, they were making their hay on on big chunk plays on third down. Oh, you think you've got Jameis Winston on third and 17, get the punt team ready. And yeah, uh, right. just like third and 11 got converted, third and 17. And this has been a season-long issue, like third and, like you mm-hmm. just said, third and huge. Uh, I'd like to see the percentage on, like, say, third and five plus, third and 10 plus. It'd be interesting to see what the right. numbers are. Well, that well dare I up. say missed opportunities when you have those third and longs. I'm actually you know? beginning a campaign that we might replace <laughs> keep pounding with missed opportunities as like the, the team motto. <laughs> well, I think, no, I think I think it's actually replaced. It is what it is. Or, uh, the, <laughs> oh, the, it has replaced judges, that for sure. The judges would also say, you know, not your first rodeo. All of those. I mean, from yeah. a bygone era, but they're being said yeah. in different ways. I've actually heard like uh, 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 they get paid two reference last week. So that one, <laughs> that one stung a little yeah. bit. I like that reminder to the media too, as if, as if they're like at that level. Like, I want to remind you guys that they get paid to practice and play too. Oh, that's right, because I had totally forgotten that. I totally forgot right. That. I thought I thought it was their second job. I, I thought, thought they were guys, an AAU you know, team. I had no idea. Right, right. I thought some guys went to Blaine County and you know harvested ballots. I thought that was <laughs> they get paid too in, in Blaine County. <laughs> Clearly. So now we lose Greg Olson, which it hurts in a yeah. lot of ways at his talent, oh, but just of, yeah. his character and just his leadership abilities. And as Cam always says, kind of a second quarterback in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage getting other guys set. So, again, they, they survived last year, won 11 games with him missing a lot of the games last year, but it just doesn't make it any easier when you couple that with Cam's not 100% with that shoulder and other things have been going on. Right. I mean, you're, the, the downfield uh, throws, you know, you have to – be somewhat concerned about however and i did see something on espn this morning i think in uh past plays of 20 percent of 20 of 20 yards or longer cam's like in the 30s or high 30s low 40s percentage wise but you know overall and a lot of this has to do with christian mccaffrey um and and, and north turner's offense um you know st- even even with those four interceptions last week and you can make the argument that three of those interceptions were uh team aided that's not an official category, although I think it should be. Um, you know, one's tipped, two are Cam's getting pressured and, and hit. So, you know, I think in those situations, um, you know, if Cam makes the perfect throw, you know, you know, are two of those interceptions that have But anyway. They feel like uh, missed opportunities to me. They certainly do, right? But, you know, what happens is uh, sometimes when you make these throws, uh, you're throwing to guys that are getting paid too. I mean, I don't know how this, is, uh, how this has all escaped us. All these years, yeah, um, and we got but, paid. Uh, we were there. We got paid. So yeah, we definitely got we paid. We were working, well, that, and that's why I want to go to the playoffs because then we, I get paid more. But um, no, but when you look at the the bulk of Cam's season, uh, you know, from a passing percentage, um, he's having one of his best years on completions, um, and a lot of that is that short passing game. And you know, and Christian McCaffrey, I don't want to say it's been a quiet season because obviously he's had some big games, but. Man, where would they be without that guy? I mean, his his production and being, you know, not only a, a focal point in the offense, but he also serves kind of like the role that Greg Olson has played in the past where, yes, you're a, a premium part of the offense, but you're also at the same time a safety valve. So it's like even when you're not the primary target, um, there are times when you're, you're maybe the second, third, or fourth option or a dump down, and it keeps the offense going. I think you forget that backup running back Cameron Artis Payne has one carry for one yard, averaging one yard per carry with a long of one <laughs> yard. So there are other options in the run game that you're not thinking of. 
Yeah, you're right. You know, you're totally right about that. And Alex Arma. <laughs> That's I mean, your number two running back. And Alex Arma, yeah. I think he's up to like seven or eight yards this year. But he has like two touchdowns, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, honestly, Cameron R. Payne, when he's given opportunities in past years, uh, can run. I mean, they, they've got guys yeah. that could do it if they needed to. But it's just funny, to your point about they don't use anybody else. That's why C.J. Anderson's an Oakland Raider now, is that right. uh, Christian, to right. his credit, has been so durable. Um, but, yeah, they're so – more so – Relying on him to even Cam at this point, yeah. it's like right. Christian's team, not Cam's team at this point. So, Well, and DJ Moore, too. I mean, DJ Moore continues to be more and more a part of the offense. And what's really fun about watching DJ Moore, you know, you and I, you and I are old enough to remember Steve Smith. Um, uh, but, you know, DJ Moore. I'm old enough to good. remember Willie Green, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it is Jim, right? <laughs> um, no, but uh, but DJ Moore, I mean, he'll take like an eight-yard catch and turn into like a 30-yard uh, gain. Um, and you know that's been huge. And Curtis Samuel, what he's what he's brought, and uh, I'll tell you the, the kind of unsung guy in the offense, or maybe the um, unsung not right the word, but uh, you know Jarius Wright has had some big catches. Yes. So it's it's been you know it's been um, you know the receiving core has been obviously pretty good strength. And now you know now it's going to be Ian Thomas and uh, Chris Manhurts. They're going to have to step up and try and fill a, a little bit of that void. That, that I like Greg Ian Thomas. Left. I think it'll be fun I do to I see what he can good. do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know he had. I think he ended up with five catches uh, in that mm-hmm. game last he did. week. So yep. he was I like targeted five times. So. Kind of interested to see moving forward because this was the plan anyways. Let's see what that looks like. I will say encouraging. Cam said at his press conference Wednesday, he doesn't think this is the end of Greg. And when I interviewed Marty for the show yesterday, he was talking about, well, it just gives Greg a head start on what was going to be foot surgery at the end of the year anyways. Uh, He'll be back that much sooner. So everyone's talking as if uh, they expect him back. And, uh, you know, it's up to Greg, obviously, at the end to decide if he wants to come back or not. But I would think probably not the way he would want to go out, uh, that he probably, because of the injury, might be even more motivated to come back next year and not have that be his final moment uh, of football is him limping off the field. I mean, it happens. Guys do it. I didn't didn't think Joe Thomas would retire with the Browns who were playing this week when he did, but he said the body just couldn't go anymore. So if Greg just decides – that's enough for that foot. That's enough. It's his decision. But at least intriguing right now that folks are kind of talking like he's going to come back. Well, and I, you know, it's funny you say that. I'm glad you brought this up because I was um, on the post game show. Uh, I was, you know, going through Twitter and everyone, you know, a lot of pundits and even some fans. But you know, a lot of people that you, know, you and I know that cover this team are pundits uh, like some... fanboys or those different fanboys and pundits. No, 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 no. Pundit is a professional. Okay. Yeah, they, 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 what they do is they go around and they find puns and they try to put it into their stories. What about naysayers? Uh, Were any naysayers on Twitter? Naysayers? Well, there are a lot of naysayers on Twitter. <laughs> a lot of – well, see, nay, naysayers – Nay, <laughs> nay, nay. Naysayers nay. can – they can both be pundits and fans, naysayers. They're not they're, – they're, they, can, they can straddle. Have you noticed I'm, – I'm sidetracking because that's what podcasts yeah, are sidetrack. for. That's what we How do. many yeah. journalists and people that do this for a living are just – and by boys, I mean people, fanboys, fan people, as opposed to like media members. I mean, it used to be like you're supposed to be basically a third party and not be like, you know, partial to, to anything. Sure. And now I just feel like it's just like a lot of cheerleaders and or it's the ones like Skip Bayless and some of the other ones that just try to be obviously contrarian just to have people get up in arms about their fake contrarian viewpoint. So either that, which is only a handful. Most people want to be liked, though. So I just feel like there's all these fanboy type people that follow teams and blog and write and all that stuff. Well, and I'm not picking on, um, picking on the media. Cause obviously we're, we're members of it, but, um, when was the last time you saw somebody break like a real exclusive story? 
From Charlotte, um, about Charlotte. Like when it's broken, yeah. it's usually coming from somewhere right. else about right. things right. here. Uh, and the other thing I would say, too, is, and I guess it's a good thing, but sometimes it rankles me a little bit, just how I was kind of brought up with journalism. Um, and it's great for the city when the when a team makes the playoffs. It, well, this used to Hornets for an example, but it's the same thing with the Panthers. Um, if the Hornets were to make the like a deep run into the playoffs this year, the, the local news stations would go bananas. And it, and it, and it wouldn't be like – like to to your point about cheerleading, you know, and not to say that they shouldn't be do live shots. I'm not suggesting that at all, but it's just the tone of what they're saying. It's not that they're doing it, but it's like the tone. It's like, oh, you know, here we are. We're in the playoffs. It's great. It's like, no, you're not. We, you know, like you're not out there dribbling the basketball, oh, making it, shots. Earlier yeah. this season, about a month ago, saw a local reporter on the morning TV news wearing. It was like one of those throwback Hornet nights, like the anniversary night, I guess, the thirtieth anniversary, wearing a Hornets jersey to report on the Hornets. Well, yeah. what are you going to do when there's like right. a story that's negative right. about the team, fanboy? <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> right pretty- you're not going to. You know, God forbid something terrible happens. You're not going to go, you know, in the uh, in the driveway wearing the Hornet shirt at that point. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? unbelievable. So you brought up basketball and the Hornets, and the fanboy comment actually came from Kevin Durant talking about how uh, people treat LeBron James. He says it's not yeah. how LeBron behaves, but how people behave about him and the way they just want access to him. So they're basically, you know, say positive things to him. But the the big comment he made was uh, just looking at the Lakers. It's just his opinion. We don't know this to be true because we haven't reached free agency. But it looks like a lot of the big free agents that are pending, like Kawhi Leonard and some of the Durant himself, some others this year, like they're not wanting to play with LeBron. And the reason is it's like the Kyrie Irving thing. They'd rather go yeah. be the guy and maybe not win a championship, right. just be a playoff team, than have to succumb to it's LeBron's team and I'm in the shadow, even though he can make you better and he's the best player in the league. It's, it seems like there's a lot of selfishness, I guess, in that comment. That's true. That that really is the way a lot of big time players feel in this league. They don't want to pair and make a super team with him. They want their own team. But what I find interesting about that, and maybe it's because I wasn't blessed to, to have that type of talent. But to me, I think if you have well, and he's one now. But if you're a guy that's you know, if you're like a Russell Westbrook, say just random guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know. You know, you've been in the league now what, seven, eight years. You know, your goal is to win a championship. Why wouldn't you want to play with LeBron James? And I understand this whole like it's about me. And, and the fu- I think it's funny that the Durant is the one that's saying this because, you know, basically he had to go to Golden State to win. He couldn't win when he had his own super team. So now that he's on a super team. He's going to rip people for going and being a part of LeBron's super team. I mean, it's uh, I think what's um, and just I mean, even last night. I mean, LeBron scored about twenty points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, in a forty-point game, I, it, it, maybe it speaks to the larger difference in in how we've evolved as as people, right? Because I mean, you look at and this, I'm I'm really I'm going out there, Jim. Uh, I mean, you look at what <laughs> happened, um, like like go back to World War II, right? So um, a bunch of guys from all different sports leagues, mostly baseball, because baseball was the sport back then, right? But you, you had all these guys leaving their sport. Uh, to go and participate in World War II to be part of Ted you know, what's going on there. Yeah, yeah Ted Williams. Um, all those guys. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then so sports kind of evolved as, you know, you would try to do anything you could to, to win. I mean, that's a, like my dad would tell me stories about being a kid during world war two and like, they'd be playing baseball and they'd use the same baseball all season long. Like they had to do everything they can to like keep that baseball alive because mm-hmm. they weren't getting any other baseballs. Everything was going towards the war effort. Right. You know, and now we've become this kind of this, this disposable economy where, um, you know, like through the um, 
the Afghanistan and Iraq wars, you know, we, we never, like, we never had to ration our gas. We never had to like do like a stick of butter to last a month. I mean, so, so now this mentality, it, it's kind of like going from like a shared thing where it's like, you try, everyone's trying to do their part to now it's like, well, it's my thing. And you're, you're trying to be part of what I'm trying to do. And it, I don't know, like, to me, I may be making this really weird point, but I just think it's interesting that we've kind of changed as a society instead of everybody trying to row the boat. It's like, no, you come into my boat now. <laughs> it is. It's a complete change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all for me instead of all for one. So it's right, kind of, right, right. Yeah, yeah. What are. can you do for me? Exactly. <laughs> so, well, hopefully the, the Panthers will pull things together this week yeah. in Cleveland. And, and we'll have something better to talk about next week. Pre-game show at 10 from the land. Uh, for me, it's a trip back home. I'll be seeing my family yeah. up there. So I'm looking forward well, to fun. that. I'm not looking forward to the high of 30 and snow. No. But from no. what I'm hearing, when, I, when we come back, uh, to Charlotte, it's going to be about the same weather, so maybe it'll be a nice uh, way to get uh, ready for what it's going to be like in Charlotte for a couple of days at the end of the weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my snowshoes out just in case I have to um, make the 10-mile uh, track to Bank of America Stadium yeah. on, on, on snowshoes. Uphill, Going uphill both uphill ways. Uphill into yeah. the wind. And literally with 10 feet of snow. <laughs> Except it's really going to be true this time. So everyone stay warm, stay safe out there. And yeah. uh, uh, Mike and Brett will have the post-game show following the, the hopefully win from Cleveland. Yeah. So, Mike, until then, we'll see oh, you hey, again Jeff, next can week. We, can, yes. uh, yeah, can we wrap this up? I have to go to the supermarket and get some bread and milk. Yes, and if you could get mine for me, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. Mike, we'll see you next week. You got it. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Missick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.